Let me be your lover boy. Lover boy, lover boy, lover boy. Let me be your lover boy. Welcome back to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. My name is Matt Pfeiffer. My co-host is Kevin Miner. Uh, welcome back. Another great Monday uh, in the upstate New York. It's friggin' freezing out. Um, we got a great show for you today. Um, we were lucky enough to get to chat with hip-hop artist The Kid Kung Fu and his producer, Steve Rumizen. Uh, the two, these two guys uh, were unlikely friends whose girlfriends set them up to be buddies, and they actually ended up clicking very well. Um, they ended up making some great music together and have just recently released a full-length record called Loverboy. And it's honestly a bop. I've been jamming it nonstop. So has Kevin. Um, and these guys were just super cool. Like they, we really, I really felt like we bonded. We had a great time. We were laughing a lot. Um, we ended up recording for over two hours. And when all was said and done between setup and breakdown, um, it's crazy, man. It's cool to hear the story of somebody who's kind of coming up in the scene and, you know, figuring out what their voice is and uh, really somebody who's just starting to get a little recognition for his work. So um, the album is called Loverboy. The artist is The Kid Kung Fu. Link in the description or the show notes if you want to go check them out on Spotify or wherever else you get your music. So... Um, Let's get right into it. I've got a quick note for you and then we can get started. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stax Espresso Bar and the Upstate Coffee Collective. We are officially in highlight roast season. This is the first highlight roast of 2021. We're super duper excited about it. And to be honest, you know, we're going to be doing things a little differently, okay? If you've had a chance to pick up our highlight roasts in the past, you know that we focus on telling stories, right? The story of the producer at Origin and their families and their communities, um, of the coffee itself, because coffee is a very um, interesting, complex topic, um, and also the roaster and or you know the business person, the person who put themselves on the line and created something of them of their own, um, who then takes that plant matter and turns it into something even more amazing. Highlight roasts in 2021. We're going to continue to do that, but we're really doubling down on transparency and tripling down on quality. Um, we're also going to be focusing heavily on ways in which we can make coffee and experience that moves beyond your cup. We've learned that empowering our community with education helps inform a different kind of conscious consumerism and lifts up all of the talented people around us. Collaboration is the future of our industry, so we're working hard with the companies that we're featuring to bring as much information to our collective as we possibly can. Now that we've got All Day 80K as a nice staple in our lineup and a great entry point for coffee enthusiasts, we wanted to make these special coffee drops super, super dope. If you consider yourself a coffee lover, these drops are for you. There will only be 50 packages available. The launch date is going to be March 19th at 9 a.m. It's a Friday. Um, if you want to make sure that you can grab this coffee uh, when it becomes available and all of the things that come uh, along with it, head to our website, upstatecoffeecollective.com slash newsletter and sign up for our newsletter. We don't spam you, but you will know immediately when this coffee package is available and you can grab one before the sold out. So why why this coffee? What what do what do I get with this coffee? What's the deal? Okay, 
Um, the 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 deal is this coffee is an absolute banger. It is a double fermented Colombian Katura coffee um, from the El Virgil Estates in Colombia. Um, it's called Guava Banana, and it is crazy. It, it does have tropical fruit notes. It's got a clean cup, very fruit forward. What makes this coffee special is the direct relationship with the farmers, the quality of the sourcing, the the amount of time that goes into the processing where they ferment this coffee twice, once aerobically and once anaerobically to create a really unique flavor profile. And on top of that, because this is more than just a bag of coffee, it's an experience, we will be giving you an exclusive web page link with access to a lot of exclusive content. We're talking a podcast interview with Ron Greco, the owner and roaster of Stax Espresso Bar, a podcast interview with the producers themselves at El Virgil Estate. We're also going to be doing extensive coffee details, including roasting curves and pricing transparency and the story of the Bader family down in Colombia. We're just going to be throwing stuff at you because what we want is for the coffee to stand on its own, but also be an experience for you to really, really dig into what makes specialty coffee so special. Again, only 50 packages will be made, so make sure that you keep your eye out for that product to go live. UpstateCoffeeCollective.com slash newsletter. And thanks to Stacks for doing a dope highlight roast with us and really kicking off 2021 on the right foot. All right, that's all I got. And with that... Please enjoy this wonderful conversation that we have with the Kid Kung Fu and his producer and friend, Steve Rumizin. got a fight about that one time we did co-host all right leonardo's not here this week <laughs> all right all right well welcome back to the upstate coffee collective podcast my name is matt pfeiffer my co-host is kevin minor co-host who uh who's our guest today kevin i'll let you have the honor. we have two guests this week yes yeah we have the kid kung fu and then we have mr steve rumazin it's right? rumazin but you'll never rumazin? meet anyone okay. else named that so it's fine all right, cool. Well, uh, 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 how about this? I'm gonna break it up since we're since we're doing a hip hop related episode. We have Steve, Rumi, Zen. <laughs> yeah, that works. Yeah, right? I feel like Steve dude, by anything. Dude, famous ancient poet Rumi and the concept of Zen. You're wow. two great things all at once. Sure, I'm like not the that. poet here, but yeah, like I'll take yeah, it. You true, are. true. That's true. Uh, the main reason we're on here is the Kid Kung Fu just dropped his album, Loverboy. Yeah. And we're here to talk about the process of making that album, where you come from. Let's let's get right down to it, man. What uh, what were some of the biggest influences that that made you think of this concept? Because really, it feels a little bit like a concept album. Like there's a lot of love going on here from different um, perspectives. There's different shades across the spectrum of the emotion that you would call love. What were some of the influences? For man, this, you you uh, got that perfect. That's like oh, thanks. Sometimes as an artist, you're kind of worried uh, people aren't going to 
understand exactly what you're going for. And, and sometimes that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's not for the people. It's just how you were feeling when you created it. But that's that's exactly what this album ended up being. And uh, that's awesome that, that you got that. But um, thank you, man. I think uh, the way this came together was uh, I'm in Colorado right now. And Steve, who produced 99 percent of the album, was also out here with me. And mm-hmm. uh, we've just met each other probably two years ago, three years ago, something like that. And uh, our girlfriends kept saying, like, oh, you guys are going to be best friends. Like, he does music. You do music. Like, you're into Star Wars. Like, you guys are nerds. So, like, there was this pressure <laughs> yeah. to become friends. And yeah. uh, it actually ended up working and yeah. we became friends and <laughs> kept talking about, like, we need to make music. We need to make music. And yeah. we would, like, here and there uh, dabble with some stuff. Um, Steve produces a lot of different things, but I would say mostly hip-hop, right, Steve? Yeah. Yeah, sure. so mm-hmm. um, I think it was just, it was like December of last year. We finally kind of, you know, I got like some good recording equipment and had some time and I met somebody uh, else that sings and uh, another friend sent me a track that I really liked and we just kind of, I wrote some th- something to it. I had my friend uh, Maddie uh, write something to mm-hmm. it and sing on it and Steve kind of like we all came together to mix it or to record it and Steve mixed it and at that time you know we didn't really think about let's make a full album but we were just trying to make music and mm-hmm. I think we had so much fun together that we were like yeah let's, let's keep this going and then lockdown hit soon after that and kind of like you know threw a wrench into things but uh, luckily we figured out how to do it and I think uh, the lockdown in general, it can make you so crazy figuring out, you know, like all of us trying to figure out what to do and having something to work towards and something to build, something to create really kept me sane. So Steve just kept sending me beats. Um, and whenever mm-hmm. I had time, I would write to him. And then slowly things started like coming together song by song. And, you know, there was songs that got cut, songs that didn't make it. And mm-hmm. then, like, the concept started coming together, too. So it wasn't really like I had this idea from Jump. It just all kind of came together slowly um, and, and built in something really awesome. So it's, it took, like, a year, I think, to make. And, um, okay. yeah. So I guess to answer your question about the whole love theme, um, yeah. I've always been a hopeless romantic uh, it's just engraved Classic. in me. I love trying to spread love any way I can. And um, mm-hmm. my last album was about, it was a breakup album. So this time around, I wanted something a little bit happier. And just like you said, in the in the beginning, you know, I was like, maybe I could make some sort of hip hop-esque uh, love album that, that felt a little bit like 90s R&B. You know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so all the songs were going to be a little bit more straightforward about love with a partner in a relationship type way. But as yeah. we kept writing, it ended up being, like you said, you know, different spectrums. There's songs about self-love. There's your more, more typical songs about loving somebody else. There's songs about um, black love, uh, songs about telling people you love them before it's too late. So, mm-hmm. 
I try to hit a little bit of everything, whatever I was kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the pandemic, but I am interested to ask kind of how it, it sounds like the pandemic, like, like you, you direct quote from you is that it kind of threw a wrench in the operation. But like, I imagine though that the change in, you know, our day to day lives affected the way that you wrote this album. Um, what were some, we're, we're probably aware of a lot of the cons, but what were some pros? Like what were some things about being in lockdown or like, you know, this pandemic that actually made your, the writing process better or different or, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. in general? Yeah, for sure. I, I think the biggest thing was just time, you know, this, uh, I've always struggled with the concept of time either. I've, uh, I've always felt like I'm running out of time or I don't have enough time or I'm getting too old, you know, um, so the idea of time has always kind of scared me in general. And sometimes I'm, I have way too much free time, you know, and that, that freaks me out. Cause now I'm like, okay, well I have all these other things I have to do. Like, which one do I focus on? And mm -hmm. so I think at the, the beginning, uh, I didn't write enough, even though I had all this time, you know, so it slowly mm -hmm. had to like ease into um, writing when I felt comfortable and inspired yes. rather than being like word I have all this time right now I'm just gonna write you know I, I, I can't work that way so um, it took a little bit but then I started to really appreciate all the free time that I did have where I could try to write when I felt inspired I dabbled in trying to make my own beats Steve was like trying to help me through that yeah, uh, yeah. you know and or uh, we would take the time. So Steve was living out in Colorado and he ended up moving back uh, to New York. So we did a lot of things over Zoom and spent a lot of time um, mixing live, which was really, you know, technology is awesome to, that we could do this now where mm -hmm. I'd send my stems over to Steve. He'd pull up Logic, share a screen with me and mix everything right there. And I could like mm -hmm. give any input that I could, you know, and. Oh, but, yeah, you, know. you could like hear it live, you know, you'd be like, well, could you like boost the low end on this and let's see what, you know, that yeah. this instrument exactly. sounds like. That's Incredible. super yeah. fucking cool. Wow. Yeah. Because at first yeah. it was really scary. Uh, you know, I just like set up this cool studio and it felt like we were starting something and then it just felt like it all fell apart, you know. And, yep. and then uh -huh. when Steve said he was moving back, it was like, well, it's even harder, you know, like what are we going to do? So sometimes you have to like just relax, take a step back and be like, all right, there's other ways we can figure this out. And I have to say that do. like, it might sound crazy, but like, I don't think this would have happened if, if we weren't in that situation for the whole year. Um, like artists are notoriously uh, bad at finishing things, um, <laughs> myself yeah. included. Yeah, we know that well. Yeah, I have to say that like, first of all, I mean, for me, I think for both of us and like anyone, you know, over the past year, you really need something to take your mind off what's going on. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I've been working this whole time. And it's been like super stressful. So just the opportunities I've had to like pour all of my energy into actually working on the project and finishing it was like, mm -hmm. that was massive. And, um, I think that the sessions we had were like a lot more focused and a lot more kind of really like we, we 
could feel that we were going to finish it. You know, like there was an actual goal in mind, not just like, let's make these songs, let's do something. It was like, we have to like, we're going to do mix sessions and we're going to, you know, you're going to give me notes and we're going to go over this song. We're going to do like five mixes and these are the tracks and we're going to finish them. And, and it even kind of like, like, I feel like you wrote a lot of the songs kind of before, even before COVID happened, but then as we were going, like a lot of the things happening were inspiring you and we were just kind of like channeling that through the sessions. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, I, it was incredible, you know, like doing those mixing sessions and yeah. finishing There's things. This huge sense of accomplishment when yeah. you're creating something and speaking for myself, you know, like I don't have a college degree. I've never had like a quote unquote real job and I just like to create. I draw and I, and I make music, and mm-hmm. but but sometimes when you're you're not in that creative state, you you can feel a little lost. Like man, I haven't done anything. I don't have anything to show for what I've been working on. You know, yeah, I've been rapping for like ten years, but when you don't have like music to show people the body of work, it it doesn't feel like you've done anything. So working towards something and then finishing and then having something that you've made is like a a beautiful thing that I I feel like I've, especially this year, really come to appreciate and gives you a sense of pride, you know? And I feel like, uh, in the past I've kind of had producers, uh, different producers, friends, whoever Mm -hmm. make beats. But this was the first project where, you know, Steve like made the whole thing pretty much, you know, and we worked together on it and, I think you could really tell that like two people work together. So on top of just finishing something, there's also this new team that we've built where it's easier to give love to somebody else sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So instead of just me being like, I finished and I'm super proud, I could be like, yo, Steve, you you killed that. And vice versa, he could be like, yo, you killed that. And that's like a little bit easier. And I don't know, it's really cool. And it's... It's nice to feel loved and feel happy and feel accomplished. So, yeah, man, dope. I totally get that. Um, Matt and I actually have we have a similar dynamic uh, when Word. we're doing that. I just yeah. realized though, um, we have an inaugural question that we ask people. Now there are we. This is the first time, Matt, that we've interviewed two people at once. True. That we brought uh, two people on the podcast. At yeah. Once. Um, and we need to, uh, like, signify and differentiate the two voices that people are going to be listening to right yeah, now. So yeah, we that's have to idea. ask you guys, even though we've talked a little bit <laughs> and kind of gotten a little bit about who, like what, what you've been up to, uh, we always ask people, who are you, how are you, and what do you do? So feel free to Damn. answer that. Take, take your turn answering that. Uh, let's start with Isaiah. All right, cool. Uh, I'm Isaiah, a.k.a. the Kid Kung Fu, a.k.a. the Shadow Boxer, <laughs> a.k.a. El Tigre. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling great right now. I feel uh, appreciated. I, I feel humbled. Um, feel a little bit hungry, and I was looking <laughs> oh, for okay. snacks. And I was like, "Wow, everything I have is like the noisiest thing. Probably not best for the podcast." So I put that you got aside. Like corn nuts. Yeah. Do <laughs> like, um, like Brad Pitt from Fight Club? It just like always yeah. munching out some chips. Always munching out yeah. something. Yeah, that's a good uh, acting technique. Uh, what was the last question? Um, what do you do? What do I do? Damn, that's a loaded question. That that can be you can simplify it as much as you want, or you can make it as complex as you want. On a, I've been a, feeling 
Go on, I'm sorry. No, I, I just want to, I think it's interesting that you responded in that way, That because there are we have two people, two types of people that we interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people take it at face value, go, oh, what do I do? Like, what, what's my job? You know what I mean? Yep. They go, oh, I'm, a, I'm an XYZ. And there, and there are people that go like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they go, <laughs> oh, shit, oh, that, oh, that's oh, deep. Oh, and that oh, happens, oh, all of my most, um, all, all of my most, uh, all of my deepest thinking friends and guests, mm-hmm say that thing they yep. go wow that's that's, that's deep enough. so yeah what yeah what would you say what you do, do? <laughs> for sure well like i said like uh you know not having a uh, traditional um education mm-hmm. or traditional job it, it puts you in a different mindset sometimes and, and sometimes you harp on questions like what do you do especially like when over the years you know you work retail or whatever shitty jobs that you, you don't want somebody to mm-hmm. ask you what you do because you feel a little <laughs> bit ashamed or whatever, you know? And uh, it's taken me a while, I would say, until just very recently to, to have some confidence about that question. And um, actually, I, I once went to Puerto Rico with my girlfriend and uh, the story makes sense. But <laughs> <laughs> our host was uh, taking us around and he stopped to ask what I did, you know? And I was like, damn, like, huh? And before I could answer, my girlfriend like jumped in and she was like, he's a rapper. And, you know, like that made me fall in love with her even more because it was like, you know, that's how she sees me, even though I might be afraid to say that because I'm not making money off of rapping, you know, I'm not making a living off of it. That's what I am, you know, and, and she had more confidence than me to say that. And I always think about that now when people ask me, what I yeah. do and, and I'm a rapper, you yeah. know, and, and that's, that's part of it. That's, I'm a rapper. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm a kickboxer. I'm a coach in some ways. So got a couple different things. All right. Oh, and, and I'm a lover. Oh, and a lover boy. <laughs> yeah. Lover boy. Lover boy. You're yeah. a lover yeah. and a fighter. A lover and a fighter. <laughs> Steve, what, uh, who are you? How are you? What do you do? Sir. Uh, my name is Steve Rumson. Um I am, you know, I'm, to be honest, I'm kind of at the end of my rope, like mentally from the past year. Uh, <laughs> not going to lie. You're in good company, man. It's, yeah. been, it's, yeah. Been, yeah, yeah. it's been a lot. And even like, I'm, I've been in a good, you know, situation, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still mm-hmm. just, you know, the state of the world sucks, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, weather's turning around and uh, vaccines are coming and I'm, so, I'm starting to like let myself have a glimmer of hope. So that's how I'm doing. Well, I'm a little tipsy right now, too, but <laughs> <laughs> happy Saturday. Yep. yep. Um, and then what do I do? I uh, well, now that I don't want to I want to look like a deep thinker, but <laughs> um, I think I told you I was going right to be the deep thinker. You be the straight guy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a little bit of difference between us. That yeah. that's a total producer answer. I want to look like a deep thinker. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of been my whole life struggle, though. Like I, I've always wanted to like be an artist, and like I do. I I'm like a photographer, filmmaker, music. He's an artist. He's an artist. Developer, and like it's just it's just not there. Like I I'm just better on this side of the on the on this part of the booth. Yeah. Um, dude. But yeah, I guess. I'm just like a creative type that uh, has like a normal job and I guess 
I'm kind of just split in the middle my whole life, just like middle child. You're in good company. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> literally what we're we like. Do. Yeah, the the two of us have day jobs, yeah. uh, and then we are. We got the M through the F. And then <laughs> M through the F, <laughs> and then yeah, nights and weekends we do this coffee company, this podcast, this you know the, this adventure for us. Well, yeah, and then we go back to work, and people are like, "What did you do over the weekend?" We're like, "Oh, we talked to like some you know importer exporters from Colombia and interviewed a rapper <laughs> and a producer, and we drank yeah. some really good coffee." And, like, <laughs> and they're like, the, uh, "We're like, what did you do?" They're like, "Well, I have my bowling league." Yeah, and we're like, "That's cool, man." <laughs> yeah, man. I think like. Yeah. You gotta well, have first of all, I gotta say that Steve is—he's shy, but my man is an amazing singer, an amazing photographer, <gasps> amazing guitarist. Woo! Is it guitarist a word? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. man. It is now. Amazing. If it's not, it, it, it's it certainly is. Certainly but yeah. Yeah. Steve yeah. sang on a couple of the tracks on the album, and uh, he, oh, that's his voice. Yeah, okay. on a couple of those. He's on the the intro track. Uh, give a give a shout track. out to. Um, to Vocaline and uh, Autotune. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hey, everybody needs a little bit of pitch correction. Melodyne yeah. was my I'm best learning. friend. Melodyne. Yep. I can't believe I forgot. Yeah, Melodyne is Melodyne. It's a godsend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Hey, man, you got to use what tools you got. Dude, yeah. I, you guys don't know this, but I'll, I'll pump Matt up on this one. Matt has actually produced uh. two solo records. Woo-wee. Yep, and, and he sounds awesome on both of them. Matt has a really great voice for acoustic music mm. and he always like like he has the kind of voice where like when I when I first heard him I'm like oh this guy this guy slays like mm. he gets chicks <laughs> <laughs> you know? and now he's married bing yeah. married yeah one chick proof, now proof though this guy this guy gets one chick <laughs> yeah but what I mean though is like you know like you definitely you I'm sure she heard your music and was like <gasps> <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I won't. I won't uh, derail us too long. But she actually met me post. Uh, I. I like. I like to think of like the, like music being a different era of my life because I still dabble, but I certainly don't write and record and play out like I used to. But and I met on. her post that. When you first started getting serious, you can't tell me you didn't play her a song. Oh. Oh, I played her song. Okay. <laughs> Thank Don't. You. All right, cool. That's all we need. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you slay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Steve, were, were you uh, pretty quick to show your girlfriend music? <gasps> no, no. Oh! No, How long do you think it took before? Probably know, like five or six months. Wow. Yeah. Did Wait, you, so did she, she, did she not that? know at all? Did what? Did she know you made music? I think I mentioned it. So. What sucks is that her uh, her her ex uh, is the producer from Sylvanesso or not Sylvanesso. Um, fuck, what's in it? Uh, Marion Hill. You know Marion Hill. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So like, I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna not mention it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's a different situation. Yeah, I understood. It's yeah. not. It's like it's like your ex girlfriend. You know, is like you know dating Craig Owens and you're like yeah I, I sing sometimes you know? <laughs> yeah wait wait, wait wait is he her like beat producer or is he like just like the the studio producer like the production guy no like Marion Hill is two people the guy and the girl the girl oh, sings and the guy that, makes the music oh yeah. and he's that dude yeah he's that dude but and now you're beef. he's a cool guy I was gonna say nah, now we've been writing diss tracks no. a whole diss album coming out ba, ba, ba. here's the thing though you, Steve, you have your own personal bodyguard, and it happens to be the guy you produce for. Because yeah, I've man. seen, man, you train in martial yeah, arts. Man. 
Dude, yeah, you, you got hands. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Crazy. Uh, so let, feet. Let, let's get into that for like two seconds real quick. How long sure. have you been in martial arts? Uh, I would like to say my whole life, but mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of parallels between like uh, my martial arts training and my music and and my insecurities as well. Um, oh. Like there's a lot of, I've never been a, a macho guy, you know, I've always been shy and in the background a little bit. Dare um, you say a lover boy? A, a lover boy, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think when it comes to martial arts, I could probably talk about this forever and I'll probably get really off track. So I'll try to keep it simple. But what I mean about the insecurities is that a lot of what I learned in the beginning was self-taught and mm-hmm. uh, people want to hear your credentials. They want to hear where you trained, you know, the same f- for schooling, you know, like you could, you could be amazing at some job, but if you don't have a resume that shows that you went to whatever fancy school, then nobody's going to believe you type thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for a long time, I kind of taught myself martial arts from however, however I could. So th- I was introduced by my father who was, a huge Bruce Lee fan, like a a lot of them back in the seventies, you know, mm-hmm. and uh so we would always play spar, you know, and my father also got me into comic books. So I'm a huge comic book nerd and you know, the way Batman fights, it's amazing to me, so I wanted to do that. And then my older brother got into uh Taekwondo. He he teaches, he's a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. So it was always around me, you know, and um I would be in my backyard imagining that I'm fighting bad guys or whatever. And all that kind of <laughs> helped me when I finally started serious training. Yeah. I was already like steps above other people because I've been play fighting ninjas in the backyard. <laughs> uh, so since then, I've had some more serious training. So it's probably been about five years of uh, serious training in Muay Thai. All right. And I just, once I moved out here, I started teaching as well. And I just joined a new gym actually uh, a couple weeks ago to train myself. So it's been a journey. That's dope, man. Steve, if, if he ever uh, needs backup, you got him, right? Like, yeah. Like, like as his producer, like, I, I, or like, would you hype man him in a fight? Like, how would you respond? <laughs> say, 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 ninjas yeah, do actually do jump the kid <laughs> kung fu. Where, where is uh, Mr. Rummison? <laughs> In the scenario. Yeah, I guess I would, like, throw on a beat really loud and just, like, distract <laughs> them. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'd, dude. like, jump and, like, flail my arms. Yeah, you're, you're, like, uh, you're like that number four guy from uh, uh, Afro Samurai. Remember the guy with the beat? The beatbox? He was just sitting yeah, there the around the, the boombox? Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is why, this is why uh, Kevin... This is why Kevin's on the podcast, man. He's he's got the references. Man. Oh, I'm here. That was tight. I got this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so, so you guys, obviously, your girlfriends introduced you and were like, <laughs> you guys got to make music. Yeah. You guys got to make music. Was, was there like, was there a moment where either, was there a moment where you guys caved into your girlfriends or did it kind of come about of your own accord where you both were just like, uh, you know man. what? Today's the day. We're going to make music together. <laughs> It was kind of like that. I've, I feel like we, you know, we got introduced and uh, hung out for a little bit. And then I feel like there was a day Steve was like, yo, you want to come over to my apartment? And I have like a, I have like a beat if you want to like check it out. And we were both like nervous, you know, I was like, okay, well, okay. I guess. <laughs> yeah. And he'd play uh, it and I'd like mumble in the background. 
because I don't like I don't like freestyling in front of people. When I when I write, I like take my time with it. And Steve would be like, "Yo, I can't I can't hear you louder." And I'd be like, oh, well, I, oh, oh, oh. super nervous. And then slowly we just like got more and more comfortable with each other. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I think it was like one song that we made that we were like, "Yo, this is good. This yeah. is like really good." I Yo, remember that time. No, please go on, go on. I was just gonna say there was one. This is probably like the fourth or fifth time we like made music together, and we like we're trying to write a chorus, and we were kind of stuck, and we just like both worked like worked off each other and worked through it and figured out. And after that, I remember you were like, "Dude, that was like so cool. Like I've never done that before, where we like strategized and like figured it out together." And I feel like that was kind of the catalyst to like, all right, we we actually like have some chemistry here. Like we can. You yeah. can do something. I think we, we definitely bounce off each other really well. Uh, I think we have different thought processes. Uh, I think you're a little more technical about things, if that makes sense with you, mm-hmm. if you agree. And uh, yeah, that was the first time writing with somebody else. And where I was stuck, you know, like, I have a good idea, you know, but I don't know how to, like, get it all the way through. And wasn't really expecting it to actually... Uh, work out and we wrote something and it was just one of those moments where you're like yeah you play that back play that back play that back and definitely like just jamming out alone you know like just just two dudes in a little room just dancing can i I ask what track was that it's it's not even a good song like it never saw the light of day (laughs) yeah it didn't didn't make the cut all right Uh, what were you gonna ask Matt? yo what what is it about dudes trying to become friends there is so much friction there because we all have Dude, with us guys, like it's we when all. Somebody else tells you, like you're gonna be friends. You're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah like, that's. Well, now I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We put, our, we put our walls higher when that happens. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Why like, does she think I'm gonna be friends with him? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. wrong with me? You know. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I know, kept saying. I was like, stop saying that because you're gonna make me not want to be friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. And it was then, just like they were making it awkward. I think. We, oh yeah. But then, but then, like, I met you. I was like, okay, like, we're going to be friends. Like, they were yeah, fucking right for the first time. Sense. What, 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 I think, what was the thing that you guys bonded over, like, maybe before music even? Like, was there, like, a thing? You're like, all right. Uh, you know, like, you were sitting there and you're like, man, you know, Han definitely shot first in that canteen. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, yes, exactly. We're friends now. No, but that is a, a conversation that probably would come up yeah. Uh, yeah. with us. But I think it was probably just humor and for me like mm-hmm. i said like mm-hmm. the whole like macho thing uh isn't my thing and so when i meet other guys if they're trying to be like alpha male type shit you know mm-hmm. or like tough guy or i don't know carry the conversation everything like I, i'll just like kind of be like all right whatever and shrink down because i don't just let i don't have care it. yeah yeah I, let I, them have it i totally feel and it. i think it was me and steve like neither of us were trying to like outdo the other in any sort of way, you know, like we'll have our friendly competitions here and there. But when we first met, it was very down to earth. And that's like, that's how I vibe when, when somebody else is just really chill. Let me and, add to that. Cause I think yeah. that there's like, there's like two types of like straight dudes, right? There's, there's the guys that you sit down with and immediately they are like only going to talk about work or football. Yeah. Yep. And then there's like the other people that you can just kind of like, they try to be funny with each other. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's in my experience. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's not two types of people, but like, <laughs> but like that's kind of like are, those no, are pretty. Only ma- two types. Yes, yeah, there's only two types. <laughs> but like, yeah, you could just tell when like someone someone starts like riffing with you, just like on on whatever you know. Like, okay, like I can like I can communicate like that, but mm-hmm. if it's just gonna be about tom brady then like it's not gonna work out yeah dude i'm pretty sure like listen this is a hot take man but i'm pretty sure tom brady is the best quarterback in all of all of nfl history and you're like that that is a pretty hot take man he's like yeah oh man and then that's the end of the conversation yeah i've had a lot of those where i work it's like that uh so so many conversations i've had to and i try to be the most honest person that i can but when i used to work retail and be a cashier and stuff and yeah men would like check out and just like bring, they wouldn't even ask me if I saw the game they would just automatically jump in with like can you believe like that 50 yard rush or whatever and I have to like decide right then and there like <laughs> am I going to play into this but how long is this going to go you know how long can I keep up the I don't watch sports at all and I have to like pretend yeah. you know and I hate pretending yeah. and I think that's that you know me and Steve there was no kind of pretending you could just be yourself right away mm-hmm. and that's all oh, my closest friends that's that's how it's been it's like you just be yourself right away mm-hmm. and we just vibe together I think. Yeah, yeah man i i could be wrong about this but i'm pretty sure that i didn't tell my father-in-law that i literally never watch football or any sports until after i got his uh okay on my proposal like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yep. I yeah, made sure yeah, that we were smart. already planning the wedding, and then I'm like, "By the way, I don't, I, I don't do sports." <laughs> How did See you, you dance around those conversations for that long? Yeah, did you have to play into it too and pretend? I took well. Thank you. Were you texting Chris Kerr during that? <laughs> yeah, like, right. I'm like, like Chris, Chris, I don't know the sports Chris, reference. What, <laughs> hey, Chris, what is a cornerback? I thought there was just a quarterback, <laughs> dude. I'm back, sir. Yeah, right. I I swear to God, I I think because I had family, like I grew up, uh, I grew up with sports fans in my family. Yep. My whole family, they're all big Boston Red Sox fans yep. and Patriots fans. Uh, and speaking so I, of Tom Brady, speaking are you from of Boston? Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you from I, Boston? I'm from uh, Connecticut. S- yeah, Southern Connecticut. Oh. Which is actually close. like Yankees territory because you're really close to the right. city. Oh, right, right. Okay. oh, Connecticut. Yeah, people are like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, we I've moved. Never met somebody from Connecticut. Yeah, that's because they. That's because they all they moved. Stay in Connecticut. Oh, no, yeah, oh yeah, I was yeah. saying the opposite. Yeah, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, I was I riffing. Up. I was riffing. Steve uh, is from uh, Reading. Is that correct? Yeah, suburb Reading, of Boston. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Man. All my family's from Boston originally. My brother-in-law just moved to Boston today. He literally is unpacking Whoa. boxes right congrats. now. Yeah, wow. congratulations! Yeah, great city. Hey, congrats, Mr. Shout, Parrish. Yeah, sh- shout out to uh, to Michael Parrish and his uh, lovely girlfriend Megan. Megan, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Vegan the vegan. Yeah. What up, baby? Give <laughs> uh, love where you can, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. So, uh, speaking of getting love where you can, uh, what was the first track? that you guys were really showing love to on this album that you've worked on together. You know, like, like what was the first track that really you guys are like, you're like, this is, this is cool. Like I, I, we want to have this be out there in the world ASAP. Steve, I think we both know, but you can answer that. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the first one that we put out and the first one that we worked on on the album. Although I think you had some other songs written at the time, but the, uh, you got me the second song on the album mm-hmm. with Maddie. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I met Maddie out here and, uh, again, like she was another situation where meeting somebody and it just felt natural, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it, it just makes a world of difference. Cause it, there's been so many people I've come across who, you know, would say like, yeah, let's, let's collab, let's collab. And never, never happens. You know, <laughs> Steve, Steve was probably the first <laughs> and then Maddie was the second. And that's where this album kind of came from finding people that you can actually work with. Um, so yeah, I met Maddie at work and she just, sometimes you, you take a chance because like, I just knew she sang and played guitar, but I didn't mm. really hear much of anything. And I just, I believed her that she could sing and she came and just took a little bit to get her comfortable. I think, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to you with like strangers singing for them, you know, and, first and like time I said, recording. Steve, right. Yeah. First time recording. That was her first um, time recording. Yeah. yeah. She did such a good yeah, job. Yeah. Yo, shout out to Maddie. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Maddie's yeah. amazing. And Steve, as a producer, you know, mixing and everything and be like, you got to be louder. You got to be louder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah. can like, that freaks you out a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but it really, you just had to get comfortable and she opened up and, and that, that was the first time me and Steve kind of workshopped somebody else's uh, verse as well. Mm. Cause she, she hadn't been writing her own music for that long. And <laughs> It was a really fun process because she trusted us. We didn't change the, you know, the essence of what she wrote. Just kind of Steve helped a lot with melody mm-hmm. and I helped with like changing some words here and there. And it was just fun to have somebody trust us, I think, you know, I'm not always in that situation where somebody's like, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. And so I think between, you know, uh, the writing workshop and and just being all together it's the only song we were all together to to record, um, and that being the first thing we worked on, just really felt it. It felt new. It felt like really inspiring. Set and, the tone. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely helped set the tone for for the whole album. Yeah, that's odd. So that that ended up being like the springboard for like, all right, cool. We're definitely making a project out of this. Yeah, and I put that out first as a single. Yeah, there um, was a video with that too, right? Yeah, and I made a music video. Yeah, which, you know, that's that, a good video too. Thank you, man. Yeah. That's that's another tough thing. You know, as artists, sometimes you like you don't have other people to help you. You got to like figure stuff out yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and totally. luckily uh, Steve's a photographer and, and does video stuff. So he Wait, helped me. So you produced the music video? He, uh, yeah, yeah, like I, I definitely so. oh, okay. I, I filmed a lot of it. Uh, Lauren, Isaiah's girlfriend, is also like a filmmaker. So we kind of like teamed uh-huh. up and. Yeah, took that on. I was gonna say that. Okay, just in case sorry, sorry, I jumped in there. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't gonna say that, but she'd be mad if if I didn't mention it. <laughs> so, uh, so your girlfriend ended up like, did she come up with the concept for the video? Um, I think I had like, you know, it's not. It's pretty straightforward music video, so it's not too. Uh, uh, don't tell yourself short. Sure. You had you had some really like you definitely visualized the video before we made it. Thanks. Yeah, I, I had some some ideas, uh, maybe some that we couldn't pull off, which happens a lot. Where I'm just like, what if we got like people on wires and we're, you know, just like take it way <laughs> yeah. too far. Uh, but you know, all in all, I love I love that video. I love that you know it was during lockdown, so like we had to figure out how we could shoot things, you know, and and be safe and yep. have you know we everything's outside. You know, so we were really careful about stuff. Um, and it, it was just another thing to feel like, okay, we can do
do things, you know, we, we can create during these circumstances. Uh, so it means a lot in that way too. Mm. Creative constraints are super important, right? Mm-hmm. To the, for the yeah, whole process. Yeah, yeah. You, you box yourself in a little bit and you get real creative real quick. Yeah. It's really yeah. It's amazing. I think Steve definitely helps me with that. Steve's a little bit more of a... I'm always trying to box realist, you in. I think. Oh, he's trying to box me in. Trying he loves basketball. Trying to sort of frame so. around you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you, what you're saying for sure. Yeah. So so what uh, what are some of the influences that originally brought you guys to music? Like, we know how you guys kind of came together and this project started, but, like, what brought you as individuals to music? Like, what attracted you to that as an art form? Shit. Steve, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I grew up with my older brother who was the musician in the family. He like played classical piano and just like picked up guitar and learned it in like a couple months. And he was just like a dope musician, musician, but never like, he was never like a writing musician. He would like just play. Um, and so like that was the atmosphere I grew up in and I never really deeply got into music. I did like middle school bands and that was it. And then I was like doing sports for a while after that and just like kind of didn't come back to it. But then in college, um, I found uh, marijuana, which is probably ah. a little bit of it. Yes. But I also was introduced to like classic 90s hip hop. Um, I think like my brother got me ready to die by Biggie for Christmas one year oh, or something. Nice. and. I was just like driving around in my like 1998 Ford Taurus, like with the CD in. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that like really changed just like everything because it was someone who was like, couldn't be further from me in terms of like their background and just like, you know, everything about like Biggie, you know? Oh yeah. It was just like so different for me. And yet, There's something super inspiring about hearing white people talk about when they first heard hip hop and and how they lit up. It always yeah. makes me chuckle, but well, it, it makes me appreciate the influence of black culture and hip hop and in, in the world, man. So for sure, it's it's funny to me, but it's also amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Being from <laughs> Reading, there it. probably wasn't. Was there like a lot of hip hop around Reading? I mean, there was like. I mean, it's hip hop. It was like, you know, yeah. I was in high school from like 05 to 08 or whatever, 04 okay. to 08. So like, oh. yeah, like hip hop is, it's culture at that point. But yeah. it was, there were like five black people in my school, like, and they were all commuting from Boston. Like there was like one <laughs> black family in Reading. But that's mm-hmm. what, like, that's what was so crazy about that album was that it's just, he, he's such a unique storyteller and such mm-hmm. like a vivid storyteller that even though it was like this world that was just so far from what I've ever known, I just connected with it. And I was like, holy shit, like, how is that even possible? And obviously, like the sound of everything really drew me in too. But and then I just kind of, you know, I was listening to like all this other stuff and just kind of dove really deep into that. I, you know, got into just that whole world and started you know, trying to rap for a few years. Um, okay. Which is pretty Not trying. You did rap. You did rap. You rap. He's proof. He still that's, raps. That's how I started. I mean, I started right. making beats so I could rap on something. And then, yeah. like, after, 
after a while, like I started meeting, you know, other musicians to work with. And I was like, I feel like my lane is producing. Like, I don't really have like a voice like that. So I want to, mm. you know, do that part of it. I want to get into just like producing, making beats. And I've been doing that for, I guess, the last like 11 or 12 years at this point on and off. Like it hasn't been like full time the whole time, you know, but mm -hmm. Um, the past two years, I was able to just like fully immerse myself again. And uh, yeah, that's great. Now. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and if I may, I feel like uh, for both of us, there's these little like pockets that pop up where uh, music like shows up even more in our life, you know, kind of ebbs and flows a little bit. And I think right now, like Steve is learning guitar even more and some other instruments too, right? You're trying to really further yeah. the whole music theory uh, part of it. Mm. And I think that's really cool when you're on like a journey where, uh, you know, creative, uh, creatively that where like, it feels like, all right, it kind of hit a dull point. And then like you find something new to kind of explore and it lights you up again and it, it keeps you going. For sure. Yeah. Isaiah, what, uh, what, what brought you to music as an art form? Like what, what attracted you to that originally? Yeah, man. I sometimes like I I don't even know. You know, I mm. uh, I could clown on white people for their how hip hop hit them, but honestly, <laughs> most of my white friends were in hip hop like way before me, and I think part of that might be from having a, a African father. You know, my mm. my pops came here when he was eleven from Africa and moved to Boston, and you know, he's seen some things. And I think he kind of had this mindset of like, I got to keep you on the straight and narrow, like mm. me and all my siblings. Um, so I wasn't allowed to, to listen to hip hop. You know, mm -hmm. I remember bumping my first hip hop album, which was uh, Willennium, Will Smith. Oh, my God. Like nice. The, the cleanest rapper the cleanest of all. Rap. Yeah. <laughs> and my pop's still being like, what is this trash? You know, like. <laughs> So it was definitely like, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how he, he thought hip hop would influence me, but uh, for, for whatever reason, that's kind of how it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I didn't listen to hip hop uh, right away, except he did have, so my father had his own music. My mother's Puerto Rican, so she had a lot of Puerto Rican music. Mm -hmm. um, so there wasn't, you know, a lot of uh, American music that I was really listening to at home. I, I didn't really know what my parents were into outside of their own cultural music, except my father had a, a Fuji CD, oh. uh, the score. Yeah. And so I was really young, which I don't understand like why he let us listen to that, you know, cause it's so good. <laughs> Just, cause it was so good. Yeah. Like he knew. Uh, so I used to listen to that while I'd like play with my action figures or being in the backyard playing, you know? Yeah. Uh, it'd be like the soundtrack to this movie, action movie I was making up in my head. And so I think that seed was always planted, like kind of in the back of my mind. But uh, mm -hmm. as I got older, music was never really a, a thing that I thought I would do. It was always art. I always thought I was going to draw comic books. And I think once I, once I got to like 11th grade, 12th grade, I started really get more into like uh, being really inspired by Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and getting really into like pro blackness and 
it was around the same time my father passed away. And I think uh, him being an immigrant and being a strong black man, I think really got me into that. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I really wanted to, to pursue uh, knowledge in, in those areas. So I think that led me into more conscious thinking, which led me into Common and Most Def yeah. and, and Talib Kweli. Mm. And so at first I, I thought I was just going to be a poet, you know, like a spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. And but once I started listening to a lot of that rap, then I would like compare it to whatever rap was on the radio mm-hmm. and be like, people don't even know. Like, what? Is, this is whack, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could rap better than these people. And so that slowly uh, developed into to me trying to, to rhyme more and more. And that's um, always how it starts. You're like, I, I can, I'm better than that. Yeah, I, I could do that. I could do that for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, with with a big uh, sense of being shy at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rap is weird. I have a, a friend. Uh, shout out to Glassface, who uh, he's a producer. Uh, music video producer and music producer Mm -hmm. and he had a line where he said something about like you know to be honest i'm a lot more shy than than my writing just meaning like when you're a rapper like when you're on the track you could just like be super confident and then you like meet them in real life and you're like hey hi you know like (laughs) i'm actually shy but that's like this weird duality in hip-hop that uh definitely something that i i carry and and relate to but um Anyway, so towards the end of high school, I, was, I got closer with my friend Evan. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Evan, who. So I was I was kind of the opposite of what Steve was saying. I was like the only one of the few black people in upstate New York where I'm from, mm-hmm. um, at my school. So I had influences from everybody else, and my friend Evan showed me Death Cab for Cutie and Matt and Kim and just a lot of that. Speaking, that, speaking of the white boy and me, man, I love, yeah, man. I love Death Cab. <laughs> you, you can't not love him. And, oh. and I think that made me, you know, have, having family in the city and also being out in the suburbs somewhere safe mm-hmm. is this, this interesting push and pull and, and knowing that I have family that are dealing with like more hardships than I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always kind of, you know, I, sort of identity crisis in some ways, but in a lot of ways, I'm really uh, appreciative of it because I started to see, you know, when I was introduced to other music, I understood like rap doesn't have to be just like this, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and singing doesn't have to be just like this. You could be whatever you want, you know, like you could, you make however you want. And that's, I would try to pull things from, uh, from different genres like uh, my friend Evan really liked the at the time like the band Brand New, and they would always end a lot of their songs with like this big like coming together of like a bunch of layers of singing and a bunch of layers of drums and a lot of noise. Like this, yeah, yeah. Top, top uh, favorite band of all time, by the way. Nice. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As though. Yeah. So that actually, the song um, "Flowers" on this album ends in a way that was inspired by what my friend was showing me 10, 15 years ago, you know, like those things stick with you. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, so it might not always be as like right in your face like this is taken from here, but um, you know, you kind of learn from from where you can. So I think, and then me and my friend Evan went to college together and we started to try to make music together. We had a little band, a little like electronic hip hop band. So 
I think a lot of my influence just comes from like the people around me and, and mm -hmm. I've never like been able to play instruments. So when I see people that are really talented musically and could play instruments and understand, you know, I start to feel like, man, I just, I just rhyme, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> so I'm always like super inspired. And then that makes me want to like learn more. And mm -hmm. it just became like, I want to be a rapper, but I want to, I want to do it in my own way. I don't want anybody to tell me like, you're not a rapper. You're not like, that's not real hip hop and, mm. and all that. And I, I, I have to mention that, uh, my best friend is my cousin, uh, who lives in Boston mm. and, uh, he's my favorite rapper of all time. His name's Jet. He's on the track, JJ, the kid. Yep. Uh, he's on the album. Sorry. And he also just like, showed me like, this is, this is rap, you know, like he showed me that the raw rap and, and introduced me to, to like music that I maybe not have got into, uh, styles P and, oh. uh, all of them locks and, and Lil Wayne, he was really, everybody was into <laughs> back I mean, then, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> You know, and then I had an uncle uh, who showed me, gave me a, once he, I think he knew I was rapping and he, he was like, yo, yo, son, that's not real rap. And he, he gave me a Rakim album Ooh. and <laughs> I listened to that Ooh. and I was like, word, like I'm understanding hip hop, like the culture of it more. And I'm going to take bits and parts from that, you know, like the, the roots of it mm -hmm. and, and make it my own. So all those people influenced me and. So, and so people still continue. So the core of of your um, the core of your musical kind of like circle, you right, is really just the people around you that are sharing yeah. bits and pieces of their experiences with you, the things that they like to listen to, the way that they hear things, um, and you've taken that over your life, and that yeah, that's that is kind of the the current that's carried you into hip-hop absolutely man uh, in a way we're we're all kung fu in a way oh, i yeah. am kung fu you are Dude, kung fu. I, don't let that get to your head matt matt's gonna be karate chopping things later and ahead, saying man. he's the kung fu kid now and <laughs> 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 the dumbest shit i've ever done uh, no, i love that you did, that was great <laughs> sounded great sample that yeah, yeah 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 clip it it's on the I new album <laughs> <laughs> matt Pfeiffer, featuring matt pfeiffer uh uh, I have a, I have a question. You I, I want to dig in quickly to uh to you know you you identifying yourself as being shy and that a lot of times people who rap or really probably just performers in general are shy uh and, and that you get to kind of showcase a different side of yourself when you are behind the mic, right? Uh yeah. what so do you do you have a, a a memory of like your first time performing in public as like a person who identifies as being like pretty shy and like what were those feelings like did you you know did you was it like Eminem in the in the you know in the bathroom throwing <laughs> up or you know absolutely man like I you know it's been a little bit since I've been able to perform but even the last time I did years away from the first time I performed it's always been the same of like super, super nervous. And I have a lot of anxiety. I can't, if people who know me, like, no, I can't like, I can't call to order food. <laughs> I got to make somebody else do it. You know, like what? there's always My something that I'm going to be like, nah, man, I don't, I don't know. It's like weird. I, they're going to think I'm going to, they're going to even like coming on this, you know, like I was like, oh man, like should I cancel? <laughs> <laughs> what if I, 
You know, like why? There's no reason. Yeah, but we would have just assumed uh, you were too big for us. That we would. Yeah, we were like, oh big shit, for us already. Yeah, we can't do it. Oh shit, AP called him. God damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, that's crazy. Now, but performing has always been the same. Where like super nervous the, the entire morning, literally up until the moment where I start uh, rapping is like just all nerves. Mm -hmm. But you know, to bring it back to comic books, there's like this transformation that I feel like you can feel happen where like you become uh, that other identity of wh whoever you perform. So, you know, mm -hmm. for me, like I become Kung Fu, like I can feel myself kind of getting confident, cocky. I, I can make jokes over the mic mm -hmm. that I normally wouldn't feel comfortable doing, but like, it's kind of like is it, time is right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is time to, to really put it on. And uh, yeah, it's always kind of made me really nervous. And our first show that I ever did was at, I don't remember the name of the gallery, but it was in Albany on uh, Lark Street. Um, it might be closed now, mm -hmm. but it was years and years ago, and it was awesome. It was super, super scary, but after performing and, ha you know, people coming up to you and, like, talking to you, even to say, like, hey, man, that was good, is, like, it means the world, it's, you know? Like, it, it's, it's massive. It's there. There's no better feeling. I, I have very limited experience playing in a in a band i played in a band through co uh, high school and college we we did a we did a, a little project for <laughs> we a have played music we have played music we, together. for a hot yeah. for a hot two months hot we, two we wrote an entire ep and like Damn. played in front of like a like a couple hundred people yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then and then i went off to college and yeah it, it took us a year you guys did it oh uh, well they're, <laughs> they're dumbass awesome. songs though they're like we with the the whole all right up I know we're derailing, but the whole no man, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. The whole premise of this project was it, it, it was like ironic. It was just a super joke. tongue in cheek. To it was yeah, like the th whole we, thing. We called ourselves photographers because and like we were thinking like what is the most like stereotypical like hipster. Let's set acoustic. the stage. This was MySpace era music. <laughs> yeah, and we were making fun man, of. I miss those like, days. like we were like meta making fun of the genre that we were participating in. Yes, we were writing acoustic yeah, pop yeah. punk. Calling ourselves photographers because that was the name of the project, photographers. And yep. we we're like, because everyone's a fucking photographer these days. Yeah, and then we would like perform these songs that were like very snarkily about things that we were witnessing in like the social and music scene around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think that that's like almost harder to do than to like be like super transparent about things. Like you guys had a whole concept, you know what I mean? And and. It's like comedy yeah. in a way. That, well, well, Ke that's tough. Kevin is uh, Kevin is a really <laughs> oh, oh. Kevin's a Kevin's lot of things. Weird. Kevin, uh, no, Kevin yeah. is uh, a master improviser. His improv uh, is like thanks, spot thanks, fucking on. So, so yeah, man. No, for real. So like, if I I I have come to him many times and been like, man, I got this really cool hook, right? Like, I really I love the way it flows, and I have no idea how to make a chorus for mm -hmm. it. You're, or you know, I have no idea like where to go with it, and you're like, mm -hmm. okay, so play a G, yep. Now play a C, <laughs> yep. And then you're gonna go here, and hold on, I, I think I got some words for you. Boom. And then he would just like hand it to me. It's a, and so that's what we did for that whole project. Is it you're was like, fun. you're like, I wrote this thing here, check it out. And then we like bang out a song in like an hour. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. that's. A, I feel like sometimes when you don't put any pressure on yourself, you you can surprise yourself. Oh, like you, yeah. you could just make a song in an hour, you know. And there's there's no pressure and 
nothing to hold you back from like write whatever you want be however creative you want well that's the thing that you're i actually i thought of something really funny when you said you know it's almost like that that superhero transformation right i was thinking i was thinking like like really for like a shy rapper for a shy creative and a lot of rappers talk about it like a lot of people who are super creative producers rappers performers they talk about how like when they're off stage they don't feel like bombastic they don't feel like they're about to get out there and like get in everybody's face they're like even kendrick lamar in swimming pools you know he's talking about how he's not that type of guy like and he's one of the most popular you know (laughs) stars in the world in hip-hop at that point and like i i feel like when you get into the booth or when you get into the recording space you get into that zone where you're comfortable like like you guys made maddie comfortable and then all of a sudden her singing comes out you know like it's almost like it's almost like if you were to watch Superman get into the booth and like put on his like super suit and then like rap yeah. real quick and then like take it off and get <laughs> out of the booth and be like, I don't know what just happened, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I but when you're in good company, you get to leave that costume on, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah I feel like if, if me and Steve are together, like, yeah, write that down, write yeah. that down, write that down. Um, <laughs> it feels good when like like I said, you don't have to. You could just be comfortable and there there's like no stress to it at all which is yeah. it's hard to find so when you do like you just be yourself man. one thing you said early early on was um that there's something really rewarding about sharing uh the like uh, there's something really rewarding about doing something and, and kind of like sharing it with a group you mm-hmm. know like pe- with people you trust yeah um and i think that that is that speaks volumes to what we're kind of starting to see in our own area, in our own industry, where like collaboration is like it, it, it's the path forward. Collaboration is like the future. And I don't think it's just in coffee, for instance. I think it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know, having people to share your your success with and bringing the best of people together. I mean, you see it in hip hop all the time. You're constantly featuring artists on oh, tracks yeah. and collaborating because you're taking the best of a bunch of different people and bringing it together in one area. I mean, you're just multiplying the success rate. Oh, you know? yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I, I think like, especially at this point in my life, I'm meeting more people that are doing their own thing and, and straying away from the norm. And I'm coming to realize like the, the best way to, to, to help each other is to support each other, you know? And, and, and as my, uh, my boss likes to say, a rising tide raises all ships, you know, like, and we, we get to help each other. So, you know, when I, now that I see, I used to be a real bitter person cause I was jealous, especially in, you know, in high school when you start to see people becoming more successful, uh, you know, in quotes than you are, it, it's really easy to become bitter. And I was that person and I still am in some ways until you can really get comfortable with what you're doing. But, uh, now I try to like champion those people and, and mm-hmm. it, it feels so much better, you know, like it's just easier like why not support other people and then sometimes they support you and and it helps both people you know what i mean like why why not do that and i think maybe during the pandemic or whatever from zoom like I, there is like these connections like you you were saying like i feel like people are helping come together more um you know we're like using the internet for what it was meant for i think more and more you you mean um, the internet's not just for titties there's more i mean that's Matt, I- We'll That's talk about it. It's it's good, man. Oh. <laughs> Wait, there's there's more there's than more. titty. There's more. Oh. They've <laughs> more been lying to you this whole time. Yeah, more than the singular titty. 
Yes. Yeah, wait till you find out. Boobs usually come Matt's been, on, Matt's been on one web page. <laughs> and it's just a singular You want to talk breast. about the biggest troll. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's because he, d- he didn't need that because he was getting all the girls with his singing and guitar playing. Oh, right? dude. Yeah. For real. And, and and here we are now. He's got he's got a pug. He's got a beautiful wife. You know, she came downstairs. Damn. Congrats! He, I don't know how long you've been married, but congrats. thank you. Thank Almost you. two years. Two Almost years this year. Two years in two June. Years this year. Yeah. yeah what what later, anniversary man. is that? What are you supposed to get her? Ah. What's the societal standard that you're supposed to? We abide don't follow by? that. Yeah. yeah that's Can you good. imagine? I'm glad me. you don't that's have an answer because for that. they're dumb. It's like yeah. paper and metal. Yeah. Like it's like this one. Get your girl some like siding for a house. Yeah. Oh god! Your final anniversary. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Jesus Christ. It's a weird tradition. Yeah, man. Yeah, we don't we don't fuck with that. We just we just we love each other. We go on vacations if we can if we're not mm-hmm. in the pandemic. Yo, we're trying to travel super hard uh, because we're gonna have yeah, kids man. soon, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're hopefully yeah. knock out. We're gonna try. That conversation's come up. Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, that was crazy. Dad, dad, real life or dad? So life dad. What's on your bucket list for your <gasps> pre-kid life? Pre- yeah, Matt. Yeah, what's on your bucket mm-hmm. list? Well, I want to launch a coffee company that actually makes money. So there's. Oh, that. yeah. So you mean <laughs> I have to start making you start money? Start selling now? coffee. <laughs> Stop doing favors. No. Uh, <laughs> no, for real. Um, well, we, we want to travel more. We went to Italy uh, a few years ago. We want to go back to Europe. Probably like f- I want to we want to hit France. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we continue this coffee journey, we'll probably take trips to to coffee origin countries. Colombia, Colombia, mm-hmm. like, yo. DR, El Salvador? Uh, definitely DR because of Bryce. Mm-hmm. Shout out Bryce Snyder, what up? Um, uh, Costa Rica would be cool. You're naming all the places that you're going to take me <laughs> with you and Kenzie, just so you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're naming all the places that you're going to go with your wife, and you're going to, like, you guys are going to land, and I'm going to, like, hop off the plane and be like, what's up, Pence? <laughs> like, she's going to she, be like, really She mad? can't get away from you. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> um, yeah, mostly, I mean, mostly travel, and, uh, God, I just, I, I just want to, yeah, I, I just want to chill. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just want a couple of weekends where I'm just like, yeah, man, you don't need anything. Futzing around the house and yeah, yeah, not having to change diapers cool. and shit. That what about fun. you guys? Okay, if if you guys yeah. could do a live show anywhere in the world, where's like where's your dream yeah. live show scenario? And it can be different answer, obviously. Like you know, like yeah. you guys go in on world, world tour. Huh? Where what are you most expe- excited for? <laughs> what stop? I feel like. Uh, Boston definitely just because we both have roots there, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm I'm excited for uh, post COVID to to build like a, a local buzz, mm. you know, like have the internet's great, uh, but being in person and, and having like a, a community actually there, yep. I think is it's a lot easier when you could catch people, you know, in person and especially through shows, you know, mm-hmm. like they can. They believe you a little more once they hear it, and uh, yeah. So I think Boston's definitely been a spot that I've, I've just been wanting to to showcase my talent. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would love to do like House of Blues or Sinclair in Boston, Ooh, um, yeah. or Red Rocks in Denver. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah of course. Damn, I was thinking small. Oh, that's goals for sure. Red Rocks is like yeah. Red Rocks is one of those staples that like as as an American artist, you're like, we made it. You know, yeah, man, it's the coolest it's, venue it's I've dope. ever been to. It's my sure. favorite Incubus I, concert that has ever oh, been. Fi- right, oh, wow. they're, they's they're live sick. at Red Rocks that they did. Have you seen that? No, 
Dude, wow. it, it's a live DVD. It's like a live concert. I'm sure you could probably find like you know footage from it on YouTube. Honestly, it's like one of the best shows they've ever put on. It was just after I think a crow left a murder came out. So it's like a bunch of their really cool when they started getting like a little weird with their music. So it's really really fun, and they have like drum, like a really awesome drum solo. Um, yeah, but. I I, honestly, I thought you were going to say as the kid kung fu. I thought you were going to pick somewhere like in the east. I thought you were going to go to the <laughs> east side of the world. I that. would love I would love to to do that. I think ultimately like I would love to uh put together our own either festival uh a la fire festival. <laughs> Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh something like a little more local and serious but uh I don't know. How, uh, performing and, and, and playing shows has been another kind of hard thing to, to navigate. Uh, even like when I started, not, oh, yeah. not COVID times, just in general, you know, it's had to deal with a lot of battle of the bands and a lot of just like bullshit that <sighs> I hated. Why, why, uh, why battle of the bands? Who if, decided that was a good fucking right? idea? If you sell 50 tickets, know, you can be in this battle of the yeah. bands where the kids who sold a hundred tickets are going to win. Yeah. 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 Hurt my feelings a lot, I think, more than anything. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb, man. Um, yeah. But so I've, I've, I've been thinking more because I feel like what happens is like some artists become popular, whether they're actually good or they just know a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. like in hometowns, you know, mm-hmm. and those people are showcased over and over and over. And then like somebody starting out, is, it's so difficult to to get a venue to, to book you or, mm-hmm. you know, I had some trouble in Albany where places would just tell me like, oh, we don't do hip hop shows, you know? And, and so dumb. that would like piss me off. And I would take it kind of like racist in a way, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean you don't yeah. do hip hop? Like, let me just come show you. I'm a musician. That yeah. And that's a, a shitty thing is where I have to like refer to myself as a musician, mm-hmm. you know, code switch around certain people where like, I know like maybe I shouldn't use the term rapper because that might scare some folk you know so but musician is a lot safer and uh so i think like uh, ultimately i would love to put on my own thing uh more like Chappelle's block party oh yeah thing. Ooh. Like, I, I would like to to just be able to to help other uh musicians just starting and and more open mics yes that type of thing and that open mics is the gym. Get people out there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Open mics are everything, man. That's where I got my quote unquote start. Not that I, you know, ever became anything in music really, but like I start photographers are the number one musicians of That's all time. Right. Thank you. Damn. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Shit. Well, all right. So <laughs> so then playing to that, you know, what really got me to where I am today was, was playing open was, mic. Was a nice open <laughs> mic at um uh Coffee Planet in Boston Spa. Oh. Uh, yeah, man. Wow. There we go. But uh, you know what, local man? Local venue right there. Yo, I I gotta I gotta say I completely know where you're coming from. It might have been uh, the reason that they didn't do hip hop. Mm-hmm. It could have been a racist thing. It also could have been that they only allowed people that sounded like a day to remember through the doors. Well, yeah, I. I was it could have been the time you were living in. I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say. <laughs> there's definitely like there's a couple like when you said that there were places that said they don't do hip hop shows in Albany. I was like, there were two that came to mind right away. Where I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're definitely racist. Yeah, yeah. If they're not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they if you were don't racist. have if you don't have a couple of chugga chuggas in your song, I don't want to hear that well, shit. Uh, okay, <laughs> listen, man, just you can't be hating. I was in a hardcore band. Chugga That's chugga. just making fun of me because I was in a hardcore band for Hell like yeah, for like six years. 
Yo, yeah. I, so was my cousin though, and that, that's been like another awesome like introduction to music that I probably never would have gotten to. My cousin that raps, his older brother was into some hardcore yeah. shit, and it was just like really surprising to see these Puerto Rican dudes like super goth and like dude you know just like, I, I just love when people kind of surprise you of like that's not what i was expecting yeah and he would just be in the basement growling and shit and <laughs> i thought it was dope dude for real some of the most hardcore dudes i ever met playing like post-hardcore playing with metalcore bands were latinx dudes like straight up yeah like they were they, and they were Stone, always man. here's the best part it was always like it was always a band where it was like four white kids from the suburbs that got their friend <laughs> who could like either do real sick like rhythm on the drums or real sick guitar mm. always yeah. and i was just like i was just like all right rock on yeah you got okay yeah I, th I think it helped me like look at music as music mm -hmm. and not like uh shy away from from things you know like like nah that's just that's just a lot of noise you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it it helped me be like holy shit like there is talent that goes into this music that i might not listen to okay. and i think once you kind of open your mind to things like that you, you then all music you can find some things you know i'm not a huge country fan but i'll hear some things in country music and be like that's really cool you know mm -hmm. that i i would have missed this if i hadn't given it a shot you know so yeah that's why i appreciate my weird cousin and <laughs> from the basement. We've all got a weird cousin that we appreciate. Everybody <laughs> needs a weird cousin. <laughs> shout, yeah. shout out to I, I don't know. Shout out to weird cousins. Yeah, yeah. I was um, gonna like name another good band of name, Steve. Write that down. Weird, weird cousins. cousins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not to so, not to be confused with. Uh, 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 I was gonna say like a gross. Never mind. I'm, don't. <laughs> what I I know where you were going. I was gonna You're go. Gonna I'm glad we stopped joke. it. Yeah, it was gonna he be was a gonna step bro joke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Not right. to be confused with Step Bro, I'm stuck. That that name's already taken. All right. Oh, so so All you right. do know more about country more music. than no, just titties. No, there's just one titty on the internet. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, Male or female, we're not. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Positive. Yeah. We don't know yet. We don't know. Could just, just be a be. saggy dude tit. <laughs> you gotta zoom out, man. <laughs> a step tit. <laughs> so, so like, I. I I feel like this was a really good introduction to you. You two as a duo, like where you've come from, you know, what you're collabing on. Is is there is there something um, right now, on, like when I when I ask this question, is there something that just comes to the front of your mind, like something that you're excited about for the near future for either the both of you or for each other as individuals? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we're still, I'm still riding this wave of putting the album out, you mm -hmm. know, and now it's kind of into like, how can I market this? You know, it's like the, ah. the shittiest part of, of being a musician where it's like, you know, I want to make it, I want to, I want to make a living off of, of hip hop. Mm -hmm. uh, but that means you have to like put in work outside of just rap, you know, and, and that's the shit that I, I hate. I hate like even making hashtags <sighs> on Instagram. I'm like, Ugh, this feels so forced and fake, but you got to figure out how to grow an audience any way you can, I think. Mm -hmm. And slowly but surely, I think that's that's happening. And uh, like, I don't know if I did mention it, but this is the first time I've like put something out and, and strangers, you know, you guys are strangers and you reach out to me, uh -huh. even though we have a connection. But still, you know, like 
that's amazing to you start to think like oh my friends are gonna listen to this and that's mm -hmm. it you know like my mom will bump it <laughs> once and that's it <laughs> so like even having two people that i have never met listen to my music feels like damn like i've made yeah, it yeah you know I mean? dude so i'm writing that right now yeah. and just excited for where this might lead you know like whether that's something big or that's just like uh motivation to like make new music you know mm. i think every time we put something out you kind of like learn from it because mm -hmm. when you're in it sometimes you, you're really close up and you gotta take a step back uh to to listen to it and i think i'm in that that place right now where like i'm seeing it as a whole and like seeing what i like what i don't like and what i can change or what i would do differently next time um so yeah steve's been already making beats connecting me with rappers that he knows and yeah just like ready to to make music yeah man and steve how about for you anything come up to mind that you're really excited for for the near future for the both of you or yeah either one um i've been trying my best to uh, get isaiah to record some stuff i keep yeah keep bugging him because i feel like we're we're like on a roll right now um, yeah making some really cool stuff that i'm really excited about that's just like i don't know i i just always feel like we're like leveling up so um yeah for sure just, i'm just super excited about like continuing on with that and just like pushing pushing the boundaries of what we're gonna do and stuff and I think there's some really yeah, good stuff to come. That's awesome. And the possibilities of I might move back home and oh, yeah. you know, we'll be able to like work together in person and yeah. hopefully this whole pandemic thing will be over soon so we can meet in person and uh, just start playing shows. I really yes. want to I want to perform as, as much as I say I'm shy. Like I, I really enjoy being on stage and being able to express myself fully you know like i'm not a rapper that stands there like i i love to dance and move yeah. you know? i'm a martial artist so like i use my body and run around and and really try to connect with people and hope you know they're really listening to me and stuff so and i think that's just how, like the best way to to connect with with people and make a you know network with, with oh definitely people. man yeah you're look so i'm really you're looking for more perform. time that you get to put that super suit on yeah, That's exactly, man. That's right. Yeah, man. So really you know, cool. you'll you know when when you go play your first show in I'm Albany, gonna <laughs> you're gonna look out. <laughs> and I'm gonna be Kevin and I are gonna be fucking jamming. <laughs> jamming. That's it's what's amazing, up, man. man. I, I I appreciate yeah, it, man. I, I can't can't tell you how humbled I am from all this to to have any somebody wanting to like interview me. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like what? Like that's it's banana, so it feels great, man. I, I've always said, like, if I just had, like, one real fan, I, I think I'd, I'd be all right, you know? And, and now I have, like, a couple you've, fans. You've got that, more than a couple, I'm sure. I have two fans. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you got two fans, and they're white boys in the suburbs. You've already yeah, made it man. as a rapper, man. Yeah, that's dude. It. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's a You skipped the line, bro. Like, <laughs> Yeah, man. I went straight to the yeah. suburbs, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty yeah. amazing. Um, <laughs> all right, so I I feel uh, I feel like it's time for us to talk about what's in our mug, Matt. I mean, this is a coffee table. Yeah, that we, we are at. We're talking. 
There is coffee at our table. Yeah. And when so this is a, a podcast that is coffee centric. Related. It yeah. is. Yes. We're around coffee. Generally. Yep. Uh, you want to start with what's in our mugs? Let's ask what's in their mugs. Oh. Hey, what's in your mug? <laughs> well, uh, this morning I, I did a, an AeroPress Huckleberry Roasters. Uh, well, it's the, what is it? The Blue Orchid blend. They're like kind of flagship one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I just like get on. I have it on repeat, but mm-hmm. yeah, did that. Just like a touch of milk. Sometimes I do milk. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Usually don't, but on the weekends. You just became friends with Matt <laughs> for mentioning the AeroPress. Yo, yo, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of an AeroPress fanboy, and I. It's funny that I fell off the bandwagon a little bit and started messing around with my Kalita Wave because I I, mm-hmm. I try to bring brewing gear into the office. And I have like a very small mm-hmm. cubicle, mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I I don't want it to take up a lot of space. So the AeroPress was great. I brought a Kalita in, was messing around with that for a while, and then the other day I got a really good coffee from our friend. I won't say his name because I say his name on every podcast. Go ahead, say it, Maddie. Yeah, Matthew Matt What up, buddy? <laughs> the uh, he has this like super super good coffee. It's a it's Columbia a Colombian geisha. geisha. Um, and I put it through the AeroPress, and it fucking rocked my world, dude. Yeah. And I fell back in love with the AeroPress. So that's that's super tight, man. That's yeah. awesome. What re- like, what recipe do you do with the AeroPress? How do you do it? Um, I like to do it with a little bypass water. So you make like a concentrate. I do like uh, I do thirty grams of coffee, coarsely ground. Give it a uh, pour hundred grams of water on it. Give it twenty stirs. Uh, exactly. Exactly twenty. Specific. Lock the cap on, flip it over. It's like, you know, the inverted method, right? Yep. You lock the cap on, flip it over, press it, and then you add about 100 to 120 grams of bypass water, uh-huh. which is just like straight up water. There's actually a YouTube of video of Matthew Pfeiffer doing this recipe. Yeah, we did one fucking YouTube video. In a wonderful Belmonte Builder's home. Shout out to Belmonte yeah. Builders. Thank you for letting <laughs> us use your beautiful home. Go to belmontebuilders.com. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, use, we seriously, we, the only YouTube video we've ever done about coffee, which is actually really well produced. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, was, was Matt doing that recipe in the AeroPress? Yeah. Awesome. Link it to me. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely going to check that out. Question? Um, is your wife in it to coffee as well? <laughs> you know, it's funny that, uh, that against her wishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the answer is the answer is no. Uh, she's she, and what I mean is like she doesn't like she likes coffee, uh, but she doesn't need it to be a whole thing. She's fi- we have a Keurig upstairs right. against my will. Against your will, mm-hmm. just so we're clear. Yeah. Compromise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, love. Steve, isn't it is kind of a similar situation? She yeah. said she's got the Keurig. Uh, you've got the AeroPress. She no, she she has a Mister Coffee, and I do the AeroPress. But I have converted her to using the good beans because we got like a a burr grinder, so you can just portion it out that morning and she yep. puts it in. Yes. And she has noticed the difference. Mm, that's awesome. I yeah. to me, I I would happily pick a Mister Coffee over an Aero. Uh, uh, I almost said AeroPress <laughs> <laughs> over a Keurig any yeah, day because yeah. I mean the waste of yep. a Keurig. I don't even need to explain it. We all know this is. <laughs> this is what we're all about, by the way. We're in the we're, this is the Talk meat and potatoes shit. of the podcast. Well, at least yeah, right. get the reusable K cup, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't even know. That's if like they're... minimum, yeah. absolute minimum. bare minimum you yeah. can yeah. do in this world is get the reusable K cup. That is, yeah. <laughs> man. I, I feel like there's some people out there that like trying their hardest as far as being good people, yeah. you know, and, and myself included. 
and you you do this one thing that you didn't even know was bad you yeah. know like they're like please let me just have my keurig and then well people know they're like man a keurig yeah. really you don't care about that's a lot of plastic like, man no, you're like i just oh, dude i just wanted coffee but that's how it is you got it yeah. You got to teach people. Uh, Dude, yeah. 2010, I saw a Keurig for the first time and someone, like the girl I was dating, like showed me the Keurig and she's like, look at this and blah. And like, she did it and she threw the cup out. I go, do you do that every time? <laughs> she goes, yeah. And I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> That's how you guys ended uh, <laughs> No, there were a few other things. <laughs> well, <laughs> clearly there were other <laughs> There things. were a few other things going on. She was a bit, actually, she was a big sneakerhead. And no and way. I think we were yeah we were just like we were like it was like wrong time because like I'm real into like fashion and shoes and stuff now and I feel yeah. like I feel like our our vi- then, like yeah. different wavelengths you know different times yeah. of life but um yeah, yeah but man. all right what's Happens. in your mug Mister Kid Kung Fu hey AKA man. El Tigre AKA aliases upon aliases <laughs> <laughs> um it's water right now oh nice and I'll tell you what I. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Um, I was afraid to come on this podcast because I don't drink coffee. And I was like, man, what? They're going to ask me some <laughs> shit. And Steve was like, yo, Steve was like, yo, just say AeroPress. Just say AeroPress. Just they'll, say AeroPress over and over again. They're going to be like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Fucking listen to Oh, in my, in my mug? I have an AeroPress in my mug. <laughs> yo, that's uh, super tight, bro. But actually. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's super into coffee, oh. so it's like the opposite. That's great yeah. situation where like she used to work with this company that uh, sent her to Colombia and <gasps> and uh, and some other spots in Africa to meet with the the farmers and and do all that shit. What? They did like um, do all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> they did blockchaining uh, with the farmers and shit to you know all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm not explaining it right. My mind you is blown right now. No, that's really that's really cool. You might have to link us. Bring yeah, her so she's over like, here yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Yeah, I was gonna if she was here. I don't you were gonna be like, babe, right now, get but, over here. Uh, talk to them about coffee and stuff. Like, I was like, yeah, it was coffee, coffee time. Um, no, so, no, that's but, that's really cool. I, and you know what? I'll use that uh, moment to remind all of our listeners that uh, please, uh, yeah, please stay hydrated. Okay. Yeah. Caffeine is one hell of a drug. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Here's here's what I got, and I, I got a feeling I know the answer. You a big tea guy? <laughs> no. You would think. I, th- no. I would have thought. This is what happened. I did think. Man, I, I grew up, uh, so I, I've never drank. I've never done any drug of any kind. I mean, outside of caffeine, okay. you know what I mean? Uh, and that was just like how, for no particular, I could get into it, but it'd, it'd be a whole yeah. other thing. But so my vice was always sugar, candy. It still is. Mm. And I grew up drinking so much soda that like it was the one thing looking back that I'm, you know, like, why did my parents let me do that <laughs> shit? Uh, and it just like fucked me up. And I I was so addicted to soda for so soda? long. Uh, cream soda was always my so favorite. Not even caffeinated. But Woo! Cream soda. Nope. I don't no, it's not. No? For the most part. No. Whoa. Ah, yeah. Dude. Oh, I didn't know that. Yo, yeah, you've never it. even been I into the caffeine. That. You just like sugar. <laughs> you were just on no. A sugar I've definitely guy. been because I was a I was a Mountain oh, Dew okay, guy. There you go. All right, all right. Yeah, I got to yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. It. Mountain Dew, Code Red. Uh, oh, okay. I'm with you on the OG. Yeah. yeah. Yo, yeah. although, but I I took a sip recently and it was like, oh my god, I used to drink <laughs> Dude, this. Dude, like, 77 grams of sugar crazy. in one of those like just little, you know, the, the, the insane, little, yeah, insane. crazy, it like is crazy. 
you know, it is shout nice. out to the FDA for finally putting like a recommended like daily value or whatever. I was so pissed when they when New York was like trying to put like things on, you can't have like so much sugar in your soda. I was like, fuck you. I'm gonna drink however much soda and sugar I want. But now I'm like, Oh, oh I they were right. <laughs> you know, like, That's right. crazy. Yeah, man. That makes Yo, sense. when they just, oh, fuck. I, we've, I know we've been talking for so long and I, I, I know what? we gotta wrap no, this up. We've, no, no, no. I'm just, I just wanted to keep the conversation. No, 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 no. Cause, cause I, I could get into this, but I won't. What are you gonna I'm also into? a Mountain Dew <laughs> lover that, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, with the way we talk about Mountain Dew, it's like heroin, you know. It's like we had a really beautiful, (laughs) like sad, a shame. It's like this sad, like lovers quarrel of a relationship with heroin, but that's how it is with sugar. Like, (laughs) fuck, man, I I used to be able to drink a lot of Mountain Dew. I fucking loved it, but for real, like I loved Mountain Dew, and I used to play like Call of Duty and Halo, and oh yeah, right, and and (laughs) whenever like a new game came out, they would do the Mountain Dew game fuel. Do you guys remember that shit? Yep. That yeah. was my shit, and then they killed it off. Mm-hmm. By the time I got out of college, they good. killed it off. <laughs> well, now there, there now thing. there is gamer fuel, and it the, sucks. The, it's not. Oh, the same. I don't know. I don't know these. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not drinking it. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. that what, so what's I, up? I switched to water. That's, That's how seltzer uh, when I can. Maybe a little just Perrier. Is that Ooh, la la. Yeah. <laughs> Lacroix? Not, Lacroix, not a oh. Lacroix in a not a sponsor. Lacroix. Lacroix. And uh, you know Kroger brand, whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. Bullshit side brand. Just something with some soda. flavor. Mm. Matt, what's in our mug? Yeah. This week. Yeah. So <clears throat> I brought the bag down. Yo, for you brought the bag down, and I actually see you guys. You guys want to judge me really hard? Is I have an Excel spreadsheet of all the coffees in my like repertoire. First off, let me let me show you guys this. This is how serious Matt has gotten about his coffee. Not that I'm not that serious, but like Judgment. Matt Matt is vacuum sealing frozen coffee to preserve flavor. Oh wow! And then I busted it. Out, he busted it out of the freezer earlier, and I go, "Nah, man, that's cold. That's gonna mess with the extraction rate." And Matt goes, "Actually, you get a more even grind distribution from frozen <laughs> coffee, and it heats it up while it goes to the grinder, and you're just gonna pour hot water over it anyway." And I was like, "God damn, he put me yeah, in my place." I don't think I could. I couldn't bring my girlfriend on this. She would have fallen in love with both these guys. Well, we're both taken. Yeah, we're both taken. So it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> we would have just been coffee friends. <laughs> so she's yeah. taken too. That's a good thing. That's true. Yeah. Oh, That's what I said. Taken. I said That's we're right. all taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I made sure to say we're all. <laughs> we're we're all lovers here, aren't we? We're all lover boys. We are all lover boys. Yeah. Lover boys. Uh, That's a theme. We're all. So lover boys. Uh, we're drinking. We're drinking a Kenyan coffee right now. Woo. Uh, Love it, and right. it's by a it's by a roastery called <laughs> La Cabra. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna botch the name of the coffee. It's uh, 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 go ahead, mu- botch mu- it. Mukur Waini Waini Mukur Waini. Yeah, yeah, you try it. La Cabra, uh, the next sellover. Okay, La Cabra, ba, 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 ba. the next sellover. Yeah, to the right of it, M. Okay, look. <laughs> Whoa, what is this? Oh, there it is. The okay, okay. Mukurweni. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. A little uh, tongue roll in there. Damn, oh, thank nice. you. <laughs> yeah, anyways, it's a Kenyan coffee. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, whatever. It's a, <laughs> Sounded yeah, Japanese. Yeah, it really did. Muku. Uh, it's, uh, it's a high-altitude washed coffee. It's uh, super delicious. Kind of, I kind of got black tea vibes out of it a little bit. I don't know about you. A little bit. I got yeah. I was getting a little bit of the tea, a little bit of floral to it. Um, it it did taste. Um, 
you know how Tyler mentioned in the chat that like a couple of them had maybe sat a little too long before he vacuum sealed them? For sure, yeah. It was it was a it did taste a little bit thin to me. But then remember, I also I started pouring when it wasn't on the scale, and I was like, oh, we're free, we're free pouring on this. So like I, yeah, I, I didn't like I didn't actually like measure everything out like I always do. Like this morning. To add to the coffee conversation, I have um, my girlfriend got me uh, this coffee from uh, Camber Coffee out in um, Oregon, Washington. Mm. I think Washington. Um, but it's oh, dude, it's such good. I think maybe California. It's it's on the West Coast. Uh, but it's it's this coffee. The <coughs> notes on it were mango and raw honey are like the first two tasting notes. Whoa. And I made it in a Chemex this morning. And I've I Chemex is like like you guys love your AeroPress. I love the Chemex. The Chemex is like to me Love my Yeah, Chemex is jazz. <laughs> so like I'm I'm like I poured everything to like the way that I would think it would be perfect and it actually came out like i took a sip and was like oh my god this actually tastes like mango and raw honey this is why i do Damn. what i do i'm so happy thank <laughs> god and like and i looked yeah, at her shit. What's I, up? I was gonna well finish, finish I, what you were saying i just wanted to know how you guys got into coffee oh whoa uh well oh buddy um so i i looked at her and i was like i was like oh this actually i was like i made this perfectly and I handed her her mug and she was just like, she took a sip and she was like really impressed with it. And then her daughter took a sip of it and was not so impressed with coffee at all. <laughs> but um, Like this doesn't taste yeah, like mango. She's like, she's like, no, that tastes like coffee. It's bitter. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you're 11. Your palate has not developed. Um, <laughs> but no, I actually, I've been drinking coffee my whole life. My parents didn't let me know that I was drinking decaf until I was of a certain age. But like my mom would hand me decaf coffee because as a little kid, I always wanted to be at the adult table. Like all the little kids would be over playing with toys and I would be over sitting at the adult yeah. table, listening to whatever they were talking about, <laughs> not really knowing anything. And then like all the adults would laugh and I would go, ha 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 ha. Like, and just like <laughs> pretend I was part of it. Take yeah. Sip sitting there sipping coffee. And, uh, it, I just, I grew up with it. And then when I moved back to New York from California, um, I was like really drawn to getting more into coffee because I had been working with cannabis on the West coast. So I was like, I was really into like agriculture and actually producing something that, you know, has different notes to it and like is chemically like organically chemically affected by the way that it's <laughs> grown, you know, and coffee's one of those things and coffee's yeah. always been amazing to me and I've always been able to taste different tasting notes. My brother's actually a chef and he'll he, you know, helped me to expand my palate in ways that I can't thank him enough for. So when I finally got into coffee, I was already like, you know, fireworks on the seat. Like I was like I was like, Oh my God, I'm I'm gonna try this one, I'm gonna try this one and I can't wait to do this and like here we are a few years later. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Matt and I are, are here. Matt, how did you get in coffee? <laughs> Did you see all that like enthusiasm and energy? One day, Kevin directed it in my face, and then <laughs> that, that was it. No, I uh, I started to get I started to tinker in coffee um, because I was so fucking bored at my job, and yep. I, uh, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, you know, this co like <laughs> you're like Aeropress, yeah. you're my only friend. <laughs> I love you, Aeropress. I spent like twenty minutes making your coffee. At oh, the dude, you you know it. <laughs> I'm like, how can I kill 20 minutes every three hours at my job 
Yeah, no. Shout out to Capel. How you doing? Uh, I, uh, to, to, so Your NSA agent loves you. My, <laughs> yeah, my uh, my FBI agent is just like cracking up right now. Um, my job was like super technically challenging. I'm an engineer. I'm like a data analyst. It's like it's a super like, you know, it's a super intense. Hence the it, spreadsheet. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's part of it, he right? Data. Big spreadsheet guy. So big data. <laughs> so like. That part of me felt fulfilled. The job was interesting. I worked on cool projects, but the creativity part of me was just like totally destroyed. Like no, no love whatsoever for the creative part of my brain. And, and I wasn't playing music as much anymore. And so like I got in this rut and I started to like mess around with tea because I used to work in tea. Mm -hmm. I worked at a tea shop for a short time. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'll like, work on tea. And then at some point, yeah, I, I started and to, to... I strided back into your life with a love of coffee. Kevin's like, <laughs> Matt, you want to you wanna catch up and drink some good coffee? I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. And then he explained to me you know, all kinds of stuff he was working on. You mm -hmm. worked for in, in the coffee industry at a yeah. cafe. Yeah. Shout out Crew Coffee. Shout out Crew Coffee, baby. Uh, and the rest is kind of history. What, what we ended up doing is like meeting up like I was so stoked by our, by our like hanging out and drinking coffee. Yeah. I wanted to learn more, so we like would meet up every now and again and just like open up a book about coffee yep. and just like learn. I started getting like Facebook messages at like nine a.m. that were like, "So uh, I'm using an AeroPress now," <laughs> and I'm like, "Like I'm like I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't even touch an AeroPress. I don't know what you're doing." And he's like, he's like, Matt. So then Matt was like, "Oh well, check it out. The AeroPress is this and this and this." And, this. and I was like, "Oh, sweet man!" <laughs> like. That's dope, though. That's what I'm talking about, though. You learning from each other and like growing from each other. Oh yeah, oh really definitely. Cool. Yeah. yeah, we we have imparted many a life lesson upon each other. One of them being, uh, you know, that our, a love for different styles and music. So we got to finish this. What's your jam, Matt? Ooh, you're starting with me. You didn't give me a heads up. Okay, all right, fine. Matt's not ready. Mister Rumi Zen, what is your jam this week? <laughs> all right. So. Uh, it's kind of bad because I don't actually like know the name of their group, but um, so I'm a, I've always been a huge fan of Anderson Pack. Um, oh, love since Anderson he came Pac. out with his like a second album in like 2014. Malibu, Malibu, yeah, Malibu yeah. is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, but and also like I just love pop music. So when I heard that Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars were doing a collab album together, <gasps> I was like. Oh shit! Oh shit! They is that put out out? like two singles. Mm -hmm. and it does not disappoint. So like that's mm -hmm. damn. That's a uh, yeah. I'm I'm really into that. And they're both drummers. I gotta check that. I I didn't I didn't know if you knew that, but they oh, both Br drum. Bruno Mars is Dude. a drummer. Okay, straight up, like not not to derail too much, but like Bruno Mars, I remember the first time I actually really like loved him as an artist. He was it was him, Janelle Monae, and Bob at some music awards, and they were all performing together. And Bruno Mars got on the drums and just crushed it. He could play yeah, any, like I've seen him play a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I feel didn't he? He played Super Bowl twice, I think. And Probably. I think so. Yeah, I feel like he played drums. He plays at piano. He plays like, yep. guitar. I think like. He's just hyper talented, obviously. But oh, yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What, what do you got, Kid Kung Fu? Uh, lately, I, I feel like I've, you know, like I, I don't think much has changed in the way of how I listen to music when I, growing up in the LimeWire age, um, Ooh, yeah. I would just pick and choose different songs, you know, and uh, yeah. again, this this is like a, a strange avenue for getting into hip-hop because a lot of my hip-hop 
head friends, you know what I mean, would be like, what do you mean you haven't listened to this album straight through? And I was because I would like download one song at a time, you know, and like make these like mixtape type things. And so it took me a, a minute to really like appreciate albums fully because I would like, you know, just steal music from here and there. Um, so now I will listen to the album straight through if it's like an artist that I'm really into and, and uh, they just drop something. But lately it's just been all about my Discover Weekly Spotify and okay. it's like how I uh, get inspired just to like hear because a lot of the stuff that comes up on there is just stuff that like I wouldn't have found otherwise, which I guess is the whole point of it. Um, so my Discover Weekly has been good. Um my girlfriend's is better for some reason. Like follow hers as well. And I'm always like, yo, my Discover Weekly sucked this week and hers is always popping. Um, but uh, this week specifically, I've been listening to Bahamas for some reason. Oh, yeah. I think when I need to like chill out and like put something on that's like a little bit soothing and just kind of in the background. Um, and same thing that, that inspires me too, to to write some music like that. So yeah, I think Bahamas this week. Any song in particular? Um, no, I don't think so. You, yeah, you don't have to have an answer for that. I just like to ask when people say cite like us, like just an artist, you know? Mm. Yeah. What, what what you got, Matt? Mm. We're back around to you. You ready yet? I'm ready. All right, cool. Uh, <clears throat> so, all right. So this week, uh, I've been jamming uh an indie pop band called Always with two V's. Always oh. or it's all, always. All the things. Oh yeah. yeah. They're super duper good. They have a record that came out, I think, in 2019 mm-hmm. or 2020 called Anti-Socialites. Um, and I've just been really... I, I don't know why uh, now in my life, but I've really been drawn to, like, indie pop or, like, you know, really folky, kind of, like, uh, hazy, kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, those types of bands with female lead singers. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a couple of those, like... Uh, uh uh phoebe bridgers yep um paris yeah yeah so that's been my jam lately churches yeah Yeah. a lot lot of the bands with the v's in the names huh (laughs) yeah yeah you know it (laughs) you mean like like mazzy star influenced bands yeah exactly yeah yeah it's just there's something there's that vibe Any song in particular uh yeah um dreams tonight is pretty good okay yeah yeah Always, yeah. yeah. All the V's. Always, but instead of a W, it's two V's. Yeah, mm-hmm. all V's. All the V's. I think they just pronounce it always. It's always, yeah. Yeah. I'm just I being dumb. Always. <laughs> 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 always, German. Yeah. I'm looking them up right now. Nice. Uh, yeah, they're you, super ha- tight. Have you guys heard Claro? No, no, I have not. C-L-A-I-R-O? Yep. Yes. She uh, she has, she had a song that like got huge on TikTok, but she has an awesome album out. Uh, called Immunity. What's the, what's the song that got big? So- Sophia. I don't know that one. But um, this is a really cool like bedroom pop album. That's uh, okay. That's dope. Dude, bedroom pop is it's a is a mood. That song yeah. that's been really big. Uh, Driver's License, I think it's called. Yes. <laughs> big on TikTok. Who's that yeah. by? Olivia. I'd- Olivia something. something, but actually Olivia what's, Rodrigo. What's really yes. funny is the guy who co-wrote that is one of the old members of the band as tall as lions. Speaking of indie pop, and like yeah, the old school scene and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. They did a, a skit on it on SNL. 
where they all oh, yeah? like, sang together and I was like, yo, this bridge is amazing. <laughs> She's got going on. And, it is yeah. really good. She's got a good voice. Yeah. For sure. Like 16. Yeah. Dude, that's I mean, that's the time to do it. Matt's been we were jamming Tash earlier. She's 18. She's from she's uh, 18? Yeah, she's from Australia. Wow. There's a solo female artist from Australia called Tash who's like super good. She's got a really good vibe to her. Really smooth. Check it out. Plays guitar. Good lyrics, great yeah. songs, um, and I've just been getting down on that. But honestly, you already know my jam this week is the title track off Loverboy. It's called Loverboy. It's by the Kid Kung Fu. Hey. Produced by Stephen Rumi Zen. <laughs> Stephen Rumizen, Kid Kung Fu, throwing it together. Honestly, I really hope everybody listens to that track because that track, when I heard it, it gave me old school Talib Kweli vibes. Thanks, I was man. like... I told you that right off the bat. I was like, I was like, yo, I heard that track. I, I thought the song I thought of was the one that starts out with like, it's like that old school sample, kind of like chipmunked up, and it's like, well, you see, the thing is, yeah. Oh, I was like, I think it, yeah, I think that's the name of it. Never been in love before. Yes. Dude, yeah. I like that track a lot. Dude, I totally. I was picking up vibes from that, and I was like, all right, this is gonna be a good album. And then I listened to the whole thing. And I think I was on the last track when I messaged you, and I was like, I was like, hey, um, so this is dope. Do you want to come talk about it? <laughs> yeah, that was like, it came up in my, you know, in uh, your DM. Sometimes it's like a requested message. Yeah, it's usually just like weird spam, and mm-hmm. I just delete them so quick usually. But I'm lucky that I like actually looked at your message, and I was like, whoa, this is legit. So yeah. that was really really cool. Yeah, well, well, what you what we haven't told you yet is we have a very great opportunity for you to gain a lot of followers really fast. Absolutely. And all you need to do is pay us a little money. And we'll it was make the it long con, you. baby. The long con. <laughs> we got him. Yo, thank you so much for coming on, though, man. Um, where can we find you guys? I'm the Kid Kung Fu everywhere. Spotify, Instagram. Apple Music, uh, wherever else they got music. Um, Dude, sound more excited when you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ah. right, hold on. <clears throat> all right, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I'll check it for real. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm the Kid Kung Fu. All platforms, bitch. Spotify, Rawr. bitch. Amazon, bitch. YouTube's, <laughs> bitch. All them, bitch. The Kid Kung Fu, uh, <laughs> and SoundCloud as well, um, and Instagram. And I think I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. All right, well, that's a good way to end that. I think I have a Twitter, but I don't use it. <laughs> that's, that's the mood in 2021 for almost everybody. I think I have a Twitter. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Where, where can we find you, Steve? Uh, well, at the Kid you Kung can Fu. find me at the Kid Kung Fu. I have some like stuff that I do on my own under Gentle Toast on SoundCloud, but it's not really serious oh, stuff. Oh, oh, hold up, hold up, real yeah, quick. Yeah, he put out he put out a, a four track EP that's amazing that he doesn't like to talk about, but. It it made me almost not want to finish my album because I was like, oh, okay, yeah. so <laughs> you got you got something better. Yeah, and you know what, Steve, I'm gonna give you the same thing that you just gave our good friend Isaiah here. You need to sound more pumped when you're talking about yourself. <laughs> Where can we find you, Steve? Um, just <laughs> <on> toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you guys toast. fucking rock I'm like Corbin Dallas from um, Fifth Element you know just gentle <laughs> oh <toast>. yeah 
<laughs> Pop it, D-Man. Um, hi. <laughs> Dude, I love that movie. That's yeah. You're, I'm with you on that. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Well, I mean, thanks for coming on, guys. Keep it super green. Thanks for right? having us. If I could just say thank you, you know, again for you guys uh, having us on here, it's it's amazing, and and you know the it it really means the world. There's artists Ooh, out there you. that that think that nobody are listening to their stuff, you know, and, and it, it it makes such a difference. So for anybody listening, like somebody wants to show you the music, like give it a chance, just appreciate mm-hmm. it. You know, you might love it. Spread love in any way you can, uh, and and thank you. Oh, and. Since this is a coffee uh, podcast, if I could just uh, shout out, I got a friend out here in Colorado, um, and his name's Danny, and he's got a coffee brand called Peak State, and they're doing a Kickstarter right now. They do uh, functional, they use functional mushrooms in their in their coffee. Oh, oh yeah, that's nootropic coffee. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, he's amazing, and so if you're listening to this, go check out Peak State Coffee as well. We'll yeah. drop a link to the kick. I'll find the Kickstarter. I'll drop it in the show notes. I'm going to hey. kickstart him. Screw that. Fuck I'll it. just go kickstart yeah. it. Yeah. What's What's the deal with the all day ADK, by the way? I want to try some of the the beans. Well, buddy. Oh, the buddy. deal with that is Matthew Pfeiffer. I mean, to, to put it like the kids put it these days. He's your plug, baby. Yeah, dude. We'll send you some out. Right. Yeah. Well, we got- I'm gonna buy them. I just oh, wanted cool. to know, like, what you think about them. You know. Here's well, what, what I think. How, how would you? How would you sell it? Well, here's Ooh. yeah. Okay. How would you sell wow, it? Wow, this is like a test. All right, Matt. <clears throat> Welcome to the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast, brought to you by All Day ADK. Yeah. Uh. So my here's here's my pitch for ADK. I think that that coffee is really really well. Um. It's it's really really well blended. It's it's a blend of two really great coffees, and the concept behind it, the reason that we made it was we were looking for a really approachable entry point into specialty coffee. So for people who don't like really fuck with specialty coffee, they, you know they like their Starbucks, they like their Dunkin', they're not really the, like my wife, you know, who don't really understand it or or necessarily need it. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be something that was familiar in its flavor profile, something mm-hmm. that was roasted, you know, kind of medium where it wasn't too light or fruity, mm-hmm. but it just has a little bit of sweetness to it that is enticing and refreshing. It's got like a cherry kind of sweetness at the back end of it mm-hmm. and a little citrus. And what that does is it is it's like you take the sip as somebody who maybe doesn't drink a lot of coffee, you take it for a sip, you go, okay, yeah, I, this is familiar. It's like the really nice, uh, it's a really nice cocoa vibe really great body but then it finishes off with a sweetness that's kind of like you're curious you're like oh wow that was different what you know what was what was in that so uh for for you it, it sounds like you fuck around with some pretty good coffee um i think you'll love this coffee i also think you'll love uh what we do with highlight roasts where we um uh, we source like really really high end crazy batshit coffees from mm-hmm. local roasters around us and we buy up a lot of them, and then we uh, we create this kind of coffee experience where we like send you out a package that's like the really really good coffee, but then like exclusive content around the coffee, like a podcast interview with the roaster, the producer, all the information you could ever want to know about the coffee and like why it's special. Yeah, 
custom made stickers. Custom made stickers. We do Boom. collabs with local artists Just and do like a commemorative sticker. We highlight the creative talents of the of the upstate region yeah. surrounding coffee. The people that you would want sitting down at your coffee table and cultivating the conversation are brought to life via the highlight roast. Clip mm. that. <laughs> clip that. Thank you. You Thank can you, clip man. that. Yeah, the uh, so I mean, obviously all day ADK is available on our website right now. You can go grab it right now if you Super want available. or if you want to wait for the highlight roast we're dropping this month's highlight roast in t- like a week and a half. Two weeks. Oh. Friday well, yeah, the week 19th. Yeah, week and a half. Yeah, because yeah. I saw they were sold out. That's why I asked about the all day. But yeah, I'll wait for the, the highlight stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we frequently sell out of either, <laughs> which is actually good problems. They're great problems to have. Yeah, yeah we got to roast some more. Oh, yeah. We got to roast some more 80K. So yeah, yeah anyways. We yeah, should go it, roast it right now. Right now? Right now. All right. <laughs> all right. Guys, thanks for coming on. Yeah, listen, shout us out. Send us DMs. Keep the conversation flowing. I, yeah. I love chat with you guys. We just burned two hours of your time, so we really appreciate it. One by quick, man. I, I can't I can't thank you enough. Anytime, oh, dude, man. Thank you, guys. You guys no, are welcome seriously. back anytime, dudes. Yeah, please keep creating dope shit so we can just bring you back on to talk about more dope shit. Absolutely. All right. Hell yeah, guys. Peace, boys. Thank Have you. Peace. Much yeah. love.